again and welcome and we're working together through the 66 books of our Bible and today you've reached the book of Jonah the book of the grace of God Jonah is a small book just 1,328 English words Yet many see it as one of the most wonderful stories ever written. It is the only biblical story that appears in my copy of the 100 Greatest Stories Ever Published, a book published as recently as 2019. So even secular literary experts recognize its worth. There is a growth of character, a distinct plot, and a great writer's perfect relationship between dialogue and narrative contained within this book. For such a slim book to be recognised as one of the deepest and greatest that has ever been written is really quite something. It is for me a perfect gem of a little book. In contrast to other prophetical books, the book of Jonah does not record the name of its author. The book in fact takes its name from the chief person in the story. A further contrast to the other prophetical books is that Jonah contains little of the prophet's actual preaching. The first verse tells us that Jonah, the son of Amittaiah, is the person upon whom this book is based. From the book itself we then know what happens. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Apart from this there is only one other reference to Amittal in the entire Bible, in the Old Testament, in 2 Kings 14.25. It's interesting to note that a Jewish tradition says that Jonah was the son of the widow at Zarephath, the one whom Elijah raised from the dead, as described for us in 1 Kings chapter 17. Jonah lived and ministered under the reign of Jeroboam II, as described in 2 Kings 14. Jeroboam II ruled approximately from 782 to 753 BC. This was after the time of Elijah, but just before the time of Amos and Hosea. So the date of Jonah is calculated as being around 760 BC. Under Jeroboam II, Israel enjoyed a period of resurgence and prosperity. During this time, Assyria was in a period of decline because weak rulers had ascended the throne. Yet Assyria still remained a threat and her cruelty had become legendary. Graphic accounts of the cruel treatment of the Assyrians towards their captives have been found in ancient Assyrian records, especially in the 9th and 7th centuries BC. This was the period where under Semiram, the queen regent, and her son Adab-Niriah III, they developed a form of monotheism under the worship of their god Nebo. Assyrian history rec also records two plagues, one in 756 and one in 759, as well as a total eclipse, which were regarded at the time as an indication of divine wrath. These natural phenomena occurring just before the arrival of Jonah with his prophecies may very well have prepared the Ninevites for Jonah's message. The ministry described in the book of Jonah was to the Gentile city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, and the recipients of the book, although not specifically stated, it seems there's no doubt it was written to the Jews who lived there at that time. Well, if the subject was just the adventures of Jonah, 
the book would end at chapter 2. If the subject was the story of what subsequently happened to Nineveh, it would end at chapter 3. But the subject of the book of Jonah is the universality of God's grace, which is only fully revealed in the closing chapter when God corrects and instructs Jonah. The message of this book is God's grace is extended to anyone and all who trust in him. When looking at the scripture you have to consider is Jonah history or allegory? Those who are inclined to deny the supernatural want to make it wholly allegorical. Jonah represents Israel, the fish depicts Babylon and the three days in the fish are referring to the Babylonian captivity. But Jonah was a real historical person. We know that from 2 Kings chapter 14. Jesus treated his experiences factual, not fictional. We hear that in Matthew 12. This, of course, does not rule out the possibility that the historical incidents described in the book are there and may indeed illustrate a prophetic truth. Jonah, I believe, is historical, but it is, of course, different than all the other prophetical books, because all the others are taken up mainly with the prophetic utterances that the prophets make. There's hardly anything of Jonah's utterances recorded. It is mostly about his experience and the prophetic truths are seen to rise out of the narrative story. The story of Jonah has been compared by some to the stories of Elijah and Elisha in the sense they are primarily narrative rather than just out and out prophetic utterances. From my point of view the book of Jonah divides into three parts. Part 1 in chapter 1 describes Jonah's disobedience, commission and the consequences of it. Then in chapter 2 there's Jonah's confession and he offers what some call a psalm of thanksgiving. And then in the third section, the longest section in chapters 3 and 4, we see Jonah's recommission. We also witness Nineveh's conversion and then Jonah has the grumbles and complaints about that where God makes his curriculum clear in all of this. purpose of the book of Jonah is to demonstrate the extent of God's grace. God's grace is seen to extend beyond Israel to all Gentiles. In other words, God's grace is universal. The one major purpose of the book is of course to demonstrate the universality of God's grace. The book does not end with God's grace extending to Nivea. It ends with God educating Jonah, who is angry with God for saving Nineveh. In adding the last chapter, Jonah is exposing both the narrowness of his own, of himself and his own thoughts and his na the nation he belonged to at that time. So in summary, even after God twice commissions Jonah to preach to Nineveh and they repent, Jonah does still not think God should extend his grace to them. But through this book we see that God's grace is not national, it is universal. It extends to all and anyone who will trust in him.